Appendices to Chapter 11, Part 2, and Chapter 12 of Ten Days That Shook the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ten Days That Shook the World by John Reed. 13. To all workers of Petrograd. Comrades, the revolution is winning. The revolution has won. All the power has passed over to our Soviets. The first weeks are the most difficult ones. The broken reaction must be finally crushed, a full triumph must be secured to our endeavors. The working class ought to, must, show in these days the greatest firmness and endurance, in order to facilitate the execution of all the aims of the new people's government of Soviets. In the next few days decrees on the labor question will be issued, and among the very first will be the decree on the workers' council over the production and regulation of industry. Strikes and demonstrations of the worker masses in Petrograd now can only do harm. We ask you to cease immediately all economic and political strikes, to take up your work and do it in perfect order. The work in the factories and all the industries is necessary for the new government of Soviets, because any interruption of this work will only create new difficulties for us, and we have enough as it is. All to your places. The best way to support the new government of Soviets in these days is by doing your job. Long live the iron firmness of the proletariat. Long live the revolution. Petrograd Soviet of W. and S. D., Petrograd Council of Trade Unions, Petrograd Council of Factory Shop Committees. 14. Appeals and Counter-Appeals From the employees of the state and private banks to the population of Petrograd. Comrades, workers, soldiers, and citizens. The Military Revolutionary Committee, in an extraordinary notice, is accusing the workers of the state and private banking and other institutions of impeding the work of the government, directed towards the insuring of the front with provisions. Comrades and citizens do not believe this calumny brought against us who are part of the general army of labor. However difficult it be for us to work under the constant threat of interference by acts of violence in our hard-working life, however depressing it be to know that our country and the revolution are on the verge of ruin, we, nevertheless, all of us, from the highest to the lowest, employees, artelstiki, counters, laborers, couriers, etc., are continuing to fulfill our duties which are connected with the ensuring of provisions and munitions to the front and country. Counting upon your lack of information, comrades, workers, and soldiers, in questions of finance and banking, you are being incited against workers like yourselves, because it is desirable to divert the responsibility for the starving and dying brother soldiers at the front, from the guilty persons to the innocent workers who are accomplishing their duty under the burden of general poverty and disorganization. Remember, workers and soldiers, the employees have always stood up for, and will always stand up for, the interests of the toiling people, part of which they are themselves, and not a single kopeck necessary for the front and the workers has ever been detained, and will not be detained, by the employees. 
from november sixth to november twenty third i e during seventeen days five hundred million rubles were dispatched to the front and one hundred twenty millions to moscow besides the sums sent to other towns keeping guard over the wealth of the people the master of which can be only the constituent assembly representing the whole nation the employees refuse to give out money for purposes which are unknown to them do not believe the calumniators calling you to take the law into your own hands central board of the all-russian union of employees of the state bank central board of the all-russian trade union of employees of credit institutions to the population of petrograd citizens do not believe the falsehood which irresponsible people are trying to suggest to you by spreading terrible calumnies against the employees of the ministry of supplies and the workers in other supply organizations who are laboring in these dark days for the salvation of russia citizens in posted placards you are called upon to lynch us we are accused falsely of sabotage and strikes we are blamed for all the woes and misfortunes that the people are suffering although we have been striving indefatigably and uninterruptedly and are still striving to save the russian people from the horrors of starvation notwithstanding all that we are bearing as citizens of unhappy russia we have not for one hour abandoned our heavy and responsible work of supplying the army and population with provisions the image of the army cold and hungry saving our very existence by its blood and its tortures does not leave us for a single moment citizens if we have survived the blackest days in the life and history of our people if we have succeeded in preventing famine in petrograd if we have managed to procure to the suffering army bread and forage by means of enormous almost superhuman efforts it is because we have honestly continued and are still continuing to do our work to the quote, last warning end quote, of the usurpers of the power we reply it is not for you who are leading the country to ruin to threaten us who are doing all that we can not to allow the country to perish we are not afraid of threats before us stands the sacred image of tortured russia we will continue our work of supplying the army and the people with bread to our last efforts so long as you will not prevent us from accomplishing our duty to our country in the contrary case the army and the people will stand before the horrors of famine but the responsibility therefore belongs to the perpetrators of violence executive committee of the employees of the ministry of supplies to the chinovniki government officials it is notified hereby that all officials and persons who have quitted the service in government and public institutions or have been dismissed for sabotage or for having failed to report for work on the day fixed and who have nevertheless received their salary paid in advance for the time they have not served are bound to return such salary not later than on november twenty seventh nineteen seventeen to those institutions where they were in service in the event of this not being done these persons will be rendered answerable for stealing the treasury's property and tried by the military revolutionary court the military revolutionary committee december seventh nineteen seventeen from the special board for the supplies citizens 
the conditions of our work for the supplying of Petrograd are getting more and more difficult every day. The interference with our work, which is so ruinous to our business, of the commissars of the Revolutionary Committee is still continuing. Their arbitrary acts, their annulling of our orders, may lead to a catastrophe. Seals have been affixed to one of the cold storages where the meat and butter destined for the population are kept, and we cannot regulate the temperature so that the products would not be spoiled. One carload of potatoes and one carload of cabbages have been seized and carried away no one knows where to. Cargoes which are not liable to requisition, calva, are requisitioned by the commissars, and, as was the case one day, five boxes of calva were seized by the commissar for his own use. We are not in a position to dispose of our storages, where the self-appointed commissars do not allow the cargoes to be taken out, and terrorize our employees, threatening them with arrest. All that is going on in Petrograd is known in the provinces, and from the Don, from Siberia, from Varanas and other places people are refusing to send flour and bread. This cannot go on much longer. The work is simply falling out of our hands. Our duty is to let the population know of this. To the last possibility we will remain on guard of the interests of the population. We will do everything to avoid the oncoming famine, but if under these difficult conditions our work is compelled to stop, let the people know that it is not our fault. 15. Elections to the Constituent Assembly in Petrograd There were nineteen tickets in Petrograd. The results are as follows, published November 30th. Party. Populist Socialists. Vote. 19,109. Cadets. 245,006. Christian Democrats. 3,707. Bolsheviki, 424,027. Socialist Universalists, 158. SD and SR Ukrainian and Jewish Workers, 4,219. League of Women's Rights, 5,310. Socialist Revolutionaries, Oberansi, 4,696 left socialist revolutionaries, 152,230, League of the People's Development, 385, Radical Democrats, 41, Orthodox Parishes, 24,139, Feminine League for Salvation of Country, 318, Independent League of Workers, Soldiers, Peasants, 4,942, Christian Democrats, Catholic, 14,382. Unified Social Democrats, 11,740. Mensheviki, 17,427. Yadinstvo Group, 1,823. League of Cossack Troops, 6,712. 16. From the Council of People's Commissars to the Toiling Cossacks. Brothers Cossacks, you are being deceived. You are being incited against the people. You are told that the Soviets of workers, soldiers, and peasants' deputies are your enemies, that they want to take away your Cossack land, your Cossack liberty. Don't believe it, Cossacks. 
your own generals and landowners are deceiving you in order to keep you in darkness and slavery we the council of people's commissars address ourselves to you cossacks with these words read them attentively and judge yourselves which is the truth and which is cruel deceit the life and service of a cossack were always bondage and penal servitude at the first call of the authorities a cossack always had to saddle his horse and ride out on campaign all his military equipment a cossack had to provide with his own hardly earned means a cossack is on service his farm is going to rack and ruin is such a condition fair no it must be altered for ever the cossacks must be freed from bondage the new people's soviet power is willing to come to the assistance of the toiling cossacks it is only necessary that the cossacks themselves should resolve to abolish the old order that they should refuse submission to their slave-driver officers landowners rich men that they should throw off the cursed yoke from their necks arise cossacks unite the council of people's commissars calls upon you to enter a new fresh more happy life in november and december in petrograd there were all russian congresses of soviets of soldiers workers and peasants deputies these congresses transferred all the authority in the different localities into the hands of the soviets i e into the hands of men elected by the people from now on there must be in russia no rulers or functionaries who command the people from above and drive them the people create the authority themselves a general has no more rights than a soldier all are equal consider cossacks is this wrong or right we are calling upon you cossacks to join this new order and to create your own soviets of cossacks deputies to such soviets all the power must belong in the different localities not to hetmans with the rank of general but to the elected representatives of the toiling cossacks to your own trustworthy reliable men the all-russian congresses of soldiers workers and peasants deputies have passed a resolution to transfer all landowners land into the possession of the toiling people is that not fair cossacks the Kornilovs, Kaladins, Dutovs, Karayilovs, Bardizhes, all defend with their whole souls the interests of the rich men, and they are ready to drown Russia in blood if only the lands remain in the hands of the landowners. But you, the toiling Cossacks, do not you suffer yourselves from poverty, oppression, and lack of land. How many Cossacks are there who have more than four to five Desiatins per head? but the landowners who have thousands of desiatins of their own land wish besides to get into their hands the lands of the cossack army according to the new soviet laws the lands of cossack landowners must pass without compensation into the hands of the cossack workers the poorer cossacks you are being told that the soviets wish to take away your lands from you who is frightening you the rich cossacks who know that the soviet authority wishes to transfer the landowners lands to you choose then cossacks for whom you will stand for the kornilovs and kaladins for the generals and the rich men or for the soviets of peasants soldiers workers and cossacks deputies the council of people's commissars elected by the all-russian congress 
has proposed to all nations an immediate armistice and an honorable democratic peace without loss or detriment to any nation all the capitalists landowners generals kornilovists have risen against the peaceful policy of the soviets the war was bringing them profits power distinctions and to you cossack privates you were perishing without reason without purpose like your brothers soldiers and sailors it will soon be three years and a half that this accursed war has gone on a war devised by the capitalists and landowners of all countries for their own profit their world robberies to the toiling cossacks the war has only brought ruin and death the war has drained all the resources from cossack farm life the only salvation for the whole of our country and for the cossacks in particular is a prompt and honest peace the council of people's commissars has declared to all governments and peoples we do not want other people's property and we do not wish to give away our own peace without annexations and without indemnities every nation must decide its own fate there must be no oppressing of one nation by another such is the honest democratic people's peace which the council of people's commissars is proposing to all governments to all peoples allies and enemies and the results are visible on the russian front an armistice has been concluded the soldiers and the cossacks blood is not flowing there any more now cossacks decide do you wish to continue this ruinous senseless criminal slaughter then support the cadets the enemies of the people support chernoff tseretelli skobielev who drove you into the offensive of july first support kornilov who introduced capital punishment for soldiers and cossacks at the front but if you wish a prompt and honest peace then enter the ranks of the soviets and support the council of people's commissars your fate cossacks lies in your own hands our common foes the landowners capitalists officers kornilovists bourgeois newspapers are deceiving you and driving you along the road to ruin in orenburg dutov has arrested the soviet and disarmed the garrison kaladin is threatening the soviets in the province of the don he has declared the province to be in a state of war and is assembling his troops karaulov is shooting the local tribes in the caucasus the cadet bourgeoisie is supplying them with its millions their common aim is to suppress the people's soviets to crush the workers and peasants to introduce again the discipline of the whip in the army and to eternalize the bondage of the toiling cossacks our revolutionary troops are moving to the don and the ural in order to put an end to this criminal revolt against the people the commanders of the revolutionary troops have received orders not to enter into any negotiations with the mutinous generals to act decisively and mercilessly cossacks on you depends now whether your brother's blood is to flow still we are holding out our hand to you join the whole people against its enemies declare kaladin kornilov dutov karaulov and all their aiders and abettors to be enemies of the people traitors and betrayers arrest them with your own forces and turn them over into the hands of the soviet authority which will judge them in open and public revolutionary tribunal cossacks 
form soviets of cossacks deputies take into your toil-worn hands the management of all the affairs of the cossacks take away the lands of your own wealthy landowners take over their grain their inventoried property and livestock for the cultivation of the lands of the toiling cossacks who are ruined by the war forward cossacks to the fight for the common cause of the people long live the toiling cossacks long live the union of the cossacks the soldiers peasants and workers long live the power of the soviets of cossacks soldiers workers and peasants deputies down with the war down with the landowners and the Kornilovist generals. Long live peace and the brotherhood of peoples. Council of People's Commissars. 17. From the Commission on Public Education, attached to the Central City Duma. Comrades, working men and working women, a few days before the holidays, a strike has been declared by the teachers of the public schools. The teachers side with the bourgeoisie against the workers and peasants' government. Comrades, organize parents' committees, and pass resolutions against the strike of the teachers. Propose to the ward Soviets of workers' and soldiers' deputies, the trade unions, the factory shop and party committees, to organize protest meetings. Arrange with your own resources, Christmas trees and entertainments for the children, and demand the opening of the schools, after the holidays, at the date which will be set by the Duma. Comrades, strengthen your position in matters of public education. Insist on the control of the proletarian organizations over the schools. Commission on Public Education, attached to the Central City Duma. 18. Diplomatic Correspondence of the Soviet Government the notes issued by Trotsky to the Allies and to the neutral powers, as well as the note of the Allied military attachés to General Dukonin, are too voluminous to give here. Moreover, they belong to another phase of the history of the Soviet Republic, which with this book has nothing to do, the foreign relations of the Soviet government. This I treat at length in the next volume, Kornilov to Brest-Litovsk. 19. Appeals to the Front Against Dukonin The struggle for peace has met with the resistance of the bourgeoisie and the counter-revolutionary generals. From the accounts in the newspapers, at the Stavka of former Supreme Commander Dukonin are gathering the agents and allies of the bourgeoisie, Verkovsky, Avskientev, Chernoff, Gotz, Saratelli, etc. It seems even that they want to form a new power against the Soviets. Comrades, soldiers, all the persons we have mentioned have been ministers already. They have acted in accord with Kerensky and the bourgeoisie. They are responsible for the offensive of July 1st, and for the prolongation of the war. They promised the land to the peasants, and then arrested the land committees. They re-established capital punishment for soldiers. They obey the orders of French, English, and American financiers. General Dukonin, for having refused to obey orders of the Council of People's Commissars, has been dismissed from his position as Supreme Commander. For answer, he is circulating among the troops the note from the military attachés of the Allied imperialist powers, and attempting to provoke a counter-revolution. Do not obey Dukonin. Pay no attention to his provocation. 
Watch him and his group of counter-revolutionary generals carefully. 20. From Krylenko. Order number 2. The ex-Supreme Commander, General Dukonin, for having opposed resistance to the execution of orders, for criminal action susceptible of provoking a new civil war, is declared enemy of the people. All persons who support Dukonin will be arrested, without respect to their social or political position, or their past. Persons equipped with special authority will operate these arrests. I charge General Manikovsky with the execution of the above-mentioned dispositions. Appendix to Chapter 12 1. Instruction to Peasants In answer to the numerous enquiries coming from peasants, it is hereby explained that the whole power in the country is from now on held by the Soviets of the Workers, Soldiers, and Peasants' Deputies. The Workers' Revolution, after having conquered in Petrograd and in Moscow, is now conquering in all other centres of Russia. The workers' and peasants' government safeguards the interests of the masses of peasantry, the poorest of them. It is with the majority of peasants and workers against the landowners and against the capitalists. Hence the Soviets of peasants' deputies, and before all the district Soviets, and subsequently those of the provinces, are from now on, and until the Constituent Assembly meets, full-powered bodies of state authority in their localities. All landlords' titles to the land are cancelled by the Second All-Russian Congress of Soviets. A decree regarding the land has already been issued by the Provisional Workers' and Peasants' Government. On the basis of the above decree, all lands hitherto belonging to landlords now pass entirely and wholly into the hands of the Soviets of Peasants' Deputies. The Volost, a group of several villages forms a Volost, land committees, are immediately to take over all land from the landlords, and to keep a strict account over it, watching that order be maintained, and that the whole estate be well guarded, seeing that from now on all private estates become public property, and must therefore be protected by the people themselves. All orders given by the Volost land committees, adopted with the assent of the district Soviets of peasants' deputies, in fulfilment of the decrees issued by the revolutionary power, are absolutely legal, and are to be forthwith and irrefutably brought into execution. The Workers' and Peasants' Government, appointed by the Second All-Russian Congress of Soviets, has received the name of the Council of People's Commissars. The Council of People's Commissars summons the peasants to take the whole power into their hands in every locality. The workers will in every way absolutely and entirely support the peasants, arrange for them all that is required in connection with machines and tools, and in return they request the peasants to help with the transport of grain. President of the Council of People's Commissars, V. Yulianov, Lenin Petrograd, November 18, 1917. 2. The full-powered Congress of Peasants Soviets met about a week later, and continued for several weeks. Its history is merely an expanded version of the history of the Extraordinary Conference. At first, the great majority of the delegates were hostile to the Soviet government, and supported the reactionary wing. Several days later, the assembly was supporting the moderates with Chernoff, 
and several days after that the vast majority of the Congress were voting for the faction of Maria Spiridonova and sending their representatives into the Tsayika at Smolny. The right wing then walked out of the Congress and called a Congress of its own, which went on, dwindling from day to day, until it finally dissolved. End of Chapter 11 Appendix Part 2 and Chapter 12 Appendix End of Ten Days That Shook the World by John Reed